The following broadcast has been approved for Elite Hornets fans. What a block by Cody Zeller. Walker down the lane, drive, shoots, scores! Game over! Bringing back the buzz was only the beginning. We will not go quietly into the night. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Welcome in, Hornets fans. You are listening to Hive Talk Live on AtTheHive.com. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. We are live in the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte, the true Queen City. I'm Doug Branson. Our guest host this week is a familiar but oh-so-sweet voice on the show. You can hear him on the call-up on WFNZ 610 The Fan and on the always-fresh, never-frozen Mike Check podcast. His name is Nada Edwards. Nada, welcome back, my friend. I'm stealing that always fresh, never frozen thing. I'm <laughs> like stealing that. that. No, like that was that? that's gorgeous. That's all you, my man. That's all you. Yeah, take that and run with it. Oh, man, I'm doing good. But aside from the rain, which is you know kind of bringing everything down, thankfully um, there's some folks outside of maybe the Ritz Carlton that deserve. A little rain, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Well, yes, we will. We'll get into uh, much more. Coming up, in fact, Steph Curry coming to town. We get you caught up on uh, fantasy basketball and what to watch this week in the NBA besides Hornets and Warriors. Uh, with uh, There's something else on that Wednesday? There is. There's there, Well, there's plenty this week, I think. So we, we try to get this you caught up on all of it. This is, <laughs> this is news to a lot of Hornets fans. Yes. You know? uh, but uh, Nick Denning from At The Hive. Dot com will join us for that. And with that, I say let's swarm Charlotte. Let's start with Big Al Jefferson. He had an MRI on his strained right calf that took him out of the game Sunday afternoon. The diagnosis is in. He'll be out two to three weeks. That's approximately six to ten games. We will uh, start with our atthehive.com roundtable question. Nada, how can the Hornets make up? for the loss of Big Al Jefferson? It depends on how you want to look at it. Um, Certain matchups, he's going to be necessary, especially the game against Memphis, probably the game against Houston, and definitely the game against Detroit, where Andre Drummond might put together 50 and 25, and Detroit still may lose that game. But at the same time, you're you're going to miss him, but at the same time, you're not going to miss him because there were – a lot of stretches in games where he's not going to be missed. As far as tomorrow night, you're not going to miss him at all because Bogut, as much as they love putting him in the starting lineup, he's not a factor when they talk when they close games because, as we all know, it's the lineup of death now. You got Steph, you got Clay, Barnes, Iguodala, and Green, and they outscore people by at least 25. And more importantly, I'm not sure Al can do anything against a lineup like that. Yeah, and fortunately for Hornets fans, uh, Harrison Barnes has already been declared out of this game uh, with an ankle issue. He missed uh, the Sacramento game as well. So they've decided to go with Brandon Rush instead, and he can hit threes. He's a good player, so and he can play in that small lineup of death for the Warriors as well. I think you're right on the Warriors. And it's a weird situation, right, because last season the Hornets – stepped up and played well without Big Al Jefferson, and a lot of that had to do with the performance of, of Bismack Biombo. Kemba Walker was And Kemba huge. Walker was huge as well. So it's a different situation now because there is no real legitimate rim protection that can step up in Big Al's place. But, and the seesaw of this, is that they now have a bench unit, a second unit, that can score the basketball. So it's like... 
it's the, it's the same issue but a slightly different solution for the Hornets. It's a very different it's a very different solution. It's a very welcome solution after watching the likes of Ramon Sessions come in and be the only guy on the bench that we could rely on and then it became Chris Douglas Roberts and then last year well we didn't have anybody but last year didn't matter that didn't happen. All right. Yeah, again, 33 and 40. No, that didn't happen. We will not go through that again. More importantly, I like the way the lineup is going, especially the backups. I love Lamb. I think Lamb should stay right there where he is right now. Mm-hmm. The big issue, unfortunately, is as as much as we like Cody, as much as we like that starting lineup or dislike that starting lineup per se, it was plus 10 over, again, it was net positive 10. And that's what scared me about this team is that they were that good without, uh, uh, again, they were that good with PJ and Al. So we may be missing more than we think. I'm hoping I'm dead wrong on this, though. Yeah, you're, I, what you're missing is paint production, consistent production, a variety in your offense, because when the shooting hasn't been there, and I think we've seen that a little bit these past two games against the Cavaliers and the Bucks, the the shooting – that I, Hornets fans have come to depend on hasn't been there as efficiently as it was earlier in the season. And so it's nice to have Al Jefferson in there. Certainly would have made it easier on the Hornets in that second half against Milwaukee. I, here's the thing. I came away more impressed with the Hornets after that. After that, the Milwaukee after game. After the Milwaukee game. They played at best a C-plus game. At yeah. best. Yeah. Now, granted, you can make the argument Milwaukee's not that good, and I would be forced to agree with you mm-hmm. that Milwaukee's not that good. They f- haven't figured anything out, and maybe they'll need the second 41 of the season to figure everything out. But at the same time, this team isn't that good. This team, the, the fact that the Hornets playing a C-plus game in p- previous years, especially with that bench and especially with the perimeter shooting, going almost 50% from three, and when's the last time we could say that? How many times do we lose that game if this isn't the team that's put together? We definitely lose that kind of game last year where we're up big and then we blow it or we're never in the game or we fight and then they end up beating us by 15 just executing. This team playing a C-plus game beat a team that's fairly talented. I can't complain about that one. Well, the Hornets, I think, are finding the right times to fall asleep in a game, and they're waking up just in time. You know, It seems like sometimes they come out in the first quarter not playing very well, and then at the beginning of the third quarter. It happens a lot during these Sunday games, too. Right, the Sunday afternoon games. uh, Clifford mentioned it in the postgame. It's tough for guys to get up for those kind of games, but their fourth quarter, since that that three-game stretch at the beginning of the year, their fourth quarter execution has been a lot better. I mean, you take a guy like Batum who had nine turnovers, and yet he was still able to produce at the end of the game in the clutch for the Hornets. And so, again, all of these things, you combine those things together and you think, again, Al Jefferson gives you a lot in terms of rebounding, in terms of just being a big body, but it's not the nail in the coffin that it could be. No, it's definitely not the nail in the coffin. And it's something that I've learned to appreciate with this team going forward now is that we have this many options. We have if Cody doesn't have it, then you know what? Maybe Frank will. And Frank's coming. And for somebody that was <laughs> I, I was on this show right before the draft, and I was not the biggest Frank Kamensky fan. And the fact that Frank Kamensky has surprised me, impressed me every night with something. 
mm-hmm. might not be his shooting. Might be his passing that night. It might be his defense that and his on ball defense has been surprisingly good to where it's I, getting better. He's becoming a better perimeter defender. It was something that Clifford wanted him to focus on, and it seems like he's starting to, you know, pick it up, pick up those assignments. The one thing about him that I think he just realized is that he realized, hey, I'm seven foot tall and I can use my arms necessarily to to give myself the proper space to where I may not have the foot speed to cover him, but my wingspan will more than make up for it. And that's huge. Yeah. Once you get that, and once you get that distance and that timing, sky's the limit, especially on defense. If he can be the second best big in terms of a defender, look, you're good You're good to go. Yeah, he's having an and, – and what you like, especially in your rookie year, you like to see a guy impact the game – when he's not scoring well, if he's a scorer. And I think it's fair to say you brought Frank Kaminsky in here to, to score the basketball. And so, you know, he's finding ways, whether it be on the defensive end, to to get the team into transition, facilitating, you know, just playing just enough defense. But I want to go back to what you said on the options for Al Jefferson now that Al Jefferson's out. And I think you saw it in that Milwaukee game. Clifford was sort of forced to cycle through these bigs all the way down to Tyler Hansborough until he could find somebody who could get in there and be physical. And and I think what you like about this five-big rotation is that each of these guys offers you something just a little bit different. Spencer offers you facilitation. Frank can spread the floor. Tyler can, you know, Tyler just Tyler is the scrap. bowling ball. He's a scrapper. He's the bowling ball, and that's – and. I think with the teams that we're coming up against, Memphis in general, Memphis, a little bit of the the Houston matchup, even though Houston may not be as difficult a game as I'm projecting. Um, Detroit, you're going to need that guy that's going to be in there to at least make Drummond work, make guys like Dwight Howard earn their points at the free throw line. Exactly. And, and sometimes it's just as little as, as taking a guy out of – his rhythm. And I think that's what he did against Greg Monroe. He didn't necessarily stop him because he sent Greg to the line two or three times as soon as he came to the game. He had the biz, which is what we call, what like to call four uh, personal fouls in 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so he's able to get in there and, and rough it up with, with Monroe and again, knock him off his rhythm. And then you saw in the fourth quarter, they started to go away from him. So yeah, I, again, I just don't think that, that losing – it's certainly – It's not the death knell that it would have been last year. But it's certainly a thing, and and it takes away an aspect of the Hornets' offense, and, and it's up to the rest of the guys to respond. They'll have to shoot well now. That's the thing. It's like you have to shoot well yeah, this now might to win end games. Up, this might end up being basketball Darwinism of sorts, where we're not sure about him. We're not sure about what the future is without Al. We're going to see it very soon, and if it goes really well, then February becomes a very interesting month for the Hornets because if you don't need Al and Al's not vital to your winning, mm-hmm. especially if you win, I don't know, Let's they won 10 games this month. Let's say, and being said Al's going to be out, let's say they win eight games this month, next month. Do you where can you justify Al being? Can you really justify his role on this on this roster anymore if they win eight games? Well, and the, and the concern I think is that his rebounding numbers are down, his assist numbers are up, so he's passing more out of the double teams. He's extending his range. The so, rebounding being down though is kind of a misnomer, okay. and a lot of that is because 
as Clifford has said, the guys, the bigs only duty really is to essentially box out their man and make sure the guards come and clean it up. That's why you see Kemba with almost a record high in rebounds. That's why you see Jeremy Lamb grabbing anywhere from five to six rebounds a night because you have all these guards on the weak side that come in, clean up the garbage for what the bigs are doing. Where that kills you is if in these stretch four sets, and this is what happens with Golden State, but they shoot so well it doesn't matter. In these small ball sets and stretch four sets, you're going to get pounded on the glass. Unfortunately for them, what's going to end up happening is that we don't have that other guy to rebound. As much as we like Marvin, he's not not a great rebounder. As much as we like Frank, it's the same thing. Our best rebounder, ironically, is Cody, and he just gets physically manhandled so much and doesn't have the backup to make sure that those rebounds are grabbed. And that's unfortunately where we are as far as rebounding. I think we'll be fine with Big Al, but his rebounding numbers are a little bit under, uh, they're under inflated, and that's only because he's asked just to box out. That's it. Interesting. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter at Hive Talk Live. You can listen to us live, by the way, every Tuesday at 6 o'clock p.m. right here on HiveTalkLive.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast aggregator to get shows uploaded to your mobile device of choice. Uh, these early victories have the Hornets climbing the power rankings. They're 10th in Mark Stein's rankings for ESPN, 9th in the CBS Sports rankings by Matt Moore, who, I will note, begrudgingly crushed the Hornets' offseason moves. Now he has them in his top yeah, 10. Didn't he say he finally bought into the Hornets? Like, literally, a The name days of ago. this show, and it's something I've been tweeting a lot, is bought in and believing that the whole team seems to be bought in, bought into what Steve Clifford wants to run. And, and again, that's not that's saying a lot because of all the roster turnover that happened in the offseason to get these guys to buy in as quickly as they have, I think is is impressive. And then uh, finally, NBA.com rankings have the Hornets sitting at 12, but they praise Tyler Zeller instead of Cody Zeller. Not a, he, can't, he can't get a call from the officials. He gets called his brother's name on NBA.com. Wow. Can this guy catch a break? No, no. <laughs> Can Cody, he, he gets Cody beat up. He's the most beat up power forward I've ever seen. And he gets no calls. He is effectively our Kurt Rambis, part two. He is this generation's Kurt Rambis for the Hornets, all right? He just takes he a beating. To, he needs to get the thick-rimmed No, no, he specs. doesn't. No, Why not? no, he doesn't. That would look good. No. Better than a, a sock puppet on his hand, maybe. Hey, hey, those sock puppet those Wait, sock puppet commercials are actually hilarious. I love them. They're good. And if you have not gone to the stadium to Todd Warner Cable to go see it, you need to go to a game just to see that. The game is just the game is bonus at that point. They're the good. commercials are hilarious and how none how none of the Hornets have released that commercial on YouTube yet is just a shame for everybody involved. Or that, something. Yeah, yeah. No. Get it get it on get it on Vimeo, get, get it on YouTube, get yeah, it on Instagram. Just get it, just get it on there. Just let us let us see. Oh, here it is. I, I was looking for the drop I have. This was from uh back in the Bobcats days when he first did the sock drive with uh with Josh McRoberts. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> you remember that one? Oh wow. I completely <laughs> forgot <laughs> about the, See, the quality has gotten so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Quality has gotten so much better. If you haven't seen it, you got to get down to TWC and, and see a home game because that's a that's really the only. If you place. needed more reason to go see them now after a ten win month, Cody Zeller sock drive commercial is much is so worth it. It's fun. All right, let's uh, let's do a little power ranking ourselves. Not a 
we're going to list our top three Hornets, starting with three through the season as it stands. And we'll start with you, Nada. Who in your mind has been the third best Hornet? Cody Zeller. Really? Cody Zeller. And as much as people want to give Marvin credit, I, I understand it. I really do. But at the same time, I mean, between Lamb and Cody, I got to give it to the guy that's the only defensive big on this roster. The guy that changes a lot of stuff down there, takes a lot of the abuse so that the guards don't have to. It's got to be Cody for me. Cody at number three. Okay, my my third pick. I, I don't – actually, I do disagree with that pick. I, I, I don't know if I'd send Cody that high. But my third pick is going to be Jeremy Lamb. I thought about this – Especially against Milwaukee, he was really the defibrillator. Like yeah. he 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 gets subbed in, and and it's really you the defibrillator, or maybe like he, he's oil. He just he just loosens the gears of this offense. Especially, I mean, if you look at the first quarter offense, the pace is so slow, and that that happens with a lot of teams. You know, you're just mm-hmm. sort of getting into your sets, figuring out what yeah, the other Milwaukee, team's going to send Milwaukee was you. A definitely like they it took them, but at it least slowed to, to yeah. a halt, yeah. and, and and it took subbing in Jeremy, and that's when you'll see them sub Lamb first. Is when the offense is just really stuck in the yeah, mud because otherwise it's usually Cody. Yeah, and he, uh, I was looking this up. He averages the most minutes for the Hornets in the second quarter and in the fourth quarter. And he has the most points in the second quarter for the team average. And then he averages the second most points in the fourth quarter. Again, that impressed me. To, to average the second most points for the team in the fourth quarter, second only to Kimball Walker. So, again, he gets this offense jump-started. So uh, that's why Jeremy Lamb, I think he's he's made such a difference on that second unit. And, again, I think he's one of the key reasons, Lamb and Lynn, too, that this team can survive – losing Big Al Jefferson. I I get it. I completely understand it. I love Jeremy Lamb. And Jeremy Lamb, like, between three and four, three and four is so close for me. He got a little love a a couple of weeks ago or maybe a week or so ago from from some national guys, but I still don't think really that people fully get how much of a jump he's made. That means you have to criticize, I don't know, OKC and the Sacred... You can't do that. Remember, Doug, we can only shake up the apple cart so much. I see. We may have to criticize Sam Presti and the development of Scott Brooks, who, by the way, managed to develop Harden, Westbrook, Ibaka, and Kevin Durant, but yet managed to fail at Jeremy Lamb. It's odd. It's very odd. Well, and I think part of it is just situational, that the guys that – that were in front of him more so than than maybe a player development issue, but whatever the the Hornets are are reaping the benefits exactly, and, and, and so he's here good. for the seven million dollars. He's here on a supreme. It's, it looks so discount. Good it looks so good. We were all question marks flying above our head. Now no, it looks so good. All questioned that. I loved that deal. I oh. loved. I mean, I, I think you, you know, I think you have to because it happened before, really, kind of before all of these performances started to happen. No, but no, I understood the questioning to a degree, but at the same point, it was it at, was less a question. It was like it wasn't like what? It was like, huh? That's the kind of question. No, f- fair <laughs> enough. That's fair. Huh. All, all I was saying, because I remember saying this, I was like, Corey Joseph got nine million dollars. Corey Joseph got $9 million a year. The fact that we signed him to just seven, I was perfectly fine with at that point. 
You know what worries me about Cody subbing in for Al Jefferson, though? I, I'm sorry, getting way off no, topic no. here, but I just remembered this. Is that so? We it looks like the Hornets want to play what four out one in. That's yes. their deal. But I think Cody is sort of it's sort of four out one kind four and of a half out. one you know it's four and one half in half out. It's a, that'll be interesting, I think, to see because he's he's just he's not a post up guy. He's not a post up guy. It's funny. There's no threat there. There. Well, no, and half of that is because I don't think he wants to do it just yet. And he's but already. A, take, he, he doesn't want to post up. He doesn't want to take threes yet. It's like at some actually, point. I, I, it's funny because I do have a little bit of news to break on this. Okay. Because I t- um, because I was um, working production for Kroger Show um, yesterday, and he was slated to come on. So he had I had a couple. He had a couple minutes to kill. I talked to him. He said the coaches are trying to encourage him more to shoot it because the stroke looks like it's coming together. So we may be seeing more threes from Cody, and I'm more than fine with that because if that takes away from the pounding and if that can keep his bad shoulder from flaring up again this year, then I'm perfectly fine with this. I think Cody is taking a bigger step. We may not see the numbers match up with it, not until maybe next year, Mm -hmm. but I do think Cody, I, I will say this, I thought it would have been Spencer Hawes coming off being the guy that they start. Because, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, I I really thought it would be Spencer Hawes, mainly because I thought the bench, keeping the bench together was going to be paramount, that you have the first three guys off your bench always be Cody, Lynn, and Lamb. I would have gone that route, and that way you can throw in Frank, and if you need Tyler, you can throw him in there and be the bull in the china shop. And Spencer, interestingly enough, is, I think, more apt to back somebody down and try to hit a little hook. Exactly. That's where that's where it, it, that didn't make any sense to me. And if you really want to play five out, I would put Cody, I would put uh, Spencer on there. But Cliff has always said, and this is where it makes sense for him to start Cody, you always put your five best defensive players to start the game. There so. you go. All right, let's get to uh, we're, we're ranking. We're getting a little off topic, but we're ranking the the. We're top. having fun getting off. That's topic, right. Though. No, and, and we're taking the scene. I crowd. thought when you came on, I said, you know what, I'm going to take my time on this because we, we you know, uh, love having you in studio, and, and you have so uh, so many great thoughts on the Hornets and and sports in general on the Mike Check podcast. Uh, I said, let's let's just let this organically. We're going to let this breathe. We're going to let it breathe. That's right. Uh, second best Hornet in November, Nick Batum, and it's not close. I, I agree with you. 16.8 points, 6.2 rebounds, 4.5 assists. He is a triple-double threat, and that's with the turnovers. You'll exactly. take – You'll take. He's, he's averaging the most turnovers on the team right now at, at 3.3, but it, it doesn't matter because – two things. He's, he's doing a variety of things for the offense, and – he has been a clutch performer in the fourth quarter. He's made plays, especially passing. It really wasn't the scoring that impressed me, even though there are a lot of times where it's blink and he has 20. But there's been points with this where I have been legitimately shocked that he's made so many plays. Like the bounce, the skip bounce pass half court to Cody, to a streaking Cody for an easy dunk mm-hmm. against Washington. Mm-hmm. That was one of the best plays I've ever seen a guy make in Charlotte basketball history, at least, again, second half. Maybe not the first half of, of Hornets lore, but definitely in the second half. That's one of the best passes I've ever seen. He's making passes. You'll live with the turnovers on those. 
But that one-footed Dirk fadeaway that he's got now, I can count on one hand how many times he's missed that shot. And I love it. The fact that he's willing to be aggressive. On, again, aggressive when it comes to necessarily, be, again, being the scorer, being the number one option. The fact that he's so open to sticking around, too, especially after Cliff resigned. And well, that that's key. I think Cl- signing Clifford was one of the key pieces to, to getting Nick Batum to resign. If you had any shot, it was going to be because you signed Steve Clifford. And the fact that these guys are meshed and the fact that he's integrated himself so well. And I remember, I think I did make fun of the China trip on this show, on the same show. <laughs> but <laughs> what did you say? I don't remember what I said. All I know is I was lamenting the fact they were going to China and probably getting going to get blown out by the Clippers. Jeez, I was. Oh no, wrong no about that didn't that. happen. Jeez. No, they bonded. They bonded. They bonded, and it might have ended. It might end up being the one thing that we look back on this season. It'll get the Lee Jenkins piece treatment. It should. It yeah. really should. Uh, no, I look at Nick Batum and and I think he's introducing folds into this offense that we haven't seen the the handoff pull up three uh, just being able to shoot over the How top many times at this and he point, gets fouled on them uh, what nine times this year we we have a, there's a great article by the way on at the sort of breaking down how he's getting fouled on these threes and again just making plays the thing is at this point i'm surprised if he goes through a game and doesn't get fouled on a three I'm surprised. I'm legitimately surprised. Yeah, and so. he, well, he because again, I, he's looking. He's able to do things against defenders because of number one, because of his long arms and long legs, mm-hmm. but number two, just because he sees the floor in a different way. And the best part about what he's doing now is that it's going to be sustainable. When you start, when the tapes and the scouting tapes and the advanced scouts mm-hmm. start coming through, and they're going to say, "Okay, this is how you stop it." It's not going to be necessarily be that way. He's going to have little tricks and little folds when it comes to tape study and doing things like this to where it's going to make it's going to matter. It's going to make sense, and more importantly, at this point, that. When we go forward, we're going to see new passes that he does, new skip passes, new stuff that they do. They may turn up the tempo, and this might get even more fun. Yeah, no, I no, I completely agree, and and I think mo- the most important aspect of adding Nick Batum to to this team is that he's opened up things for my number one pick. It's the Kimball only Walker. guy. It's the only guy you can pick, Kimball Walker. Yeah, and by the way, and I know, and you know what. I didn't mean to come in here with this one, but I'm going to throw this grenade on out there. Okay. Best point guard in franchise history. It's, it it probably deserves more discussion than than we can give it, but I will I my heart is with Baron Davis. And I, I heard the mic check breakdown on this. And and all I'll say is that and I sort of said this when we did our Charlotte All-Time team uh for at the hive.com is that I I think we're still waiting for that Kimba defining season. This could be it. This is by yeah, the way. This could be it. This is we're we're now one month in. He needs to put it together for another. Uh, no, basically, he puts it together for this month. 
then we're going to have to start talking about the all-time defining season. Yeah, because, you know, I think, I don't know if all-star is really realistic for Kimba just because there's so much, you know, already sort of. I I was, because me and Adi Joseph talked about this. Adi Joseph of Sporting News, obviously, guest of this show before. Mm -hmm. He's more on the fence about this, but Dragic is not being Dragic right now. Right. So he's out. Um, Wall's not being Wall right Wall, now. Exactly. Wall's not being Wall. Rose. Well, yeah, that's yeah, out. That, that's Lowry. I think Lowry's in. Lowry's in. I don't after think that, Lowry's. Yeah, well, they're after okay. After that. Okay. And Kyrie's going to miss so much time. Yeah, exactly. Kyrie's going to get the okay. fan vote anyway. Okay. So, you, it, But, yeah, he has to. You know, what's what's been great about Kemba is that his – his usage percentage is down, so so he's getting it. And I think again, I think Nick Batum is key to that. Nick the, Batum, Jeremy Lin, also and Lamb, also. Yeah, he's not having to force up long to. I saw him uh, in that Milwaukee game. He legitimately he could have pulled up for the long two, and he actively denied, and he got free several times yeah. in one possession. Actively denied taking the pull up two. Instead, you know, broke. And weaved his way into the lane. Yeah, for the game for the game clinching bucket. I right. do. Yeah, yeah, and and it was it was really impressive, and I was super impressed by his defense in that game as well because he, he had a I believe he had uh, Yanni get switched on him, mm-hmm. and he bodied him up and for, and got his body turned and forced him baseline, and I was like, whoa, what is this kid doing? I mean, that's that's that is elite defense. Kemba, the one thing I think we got to remember with Kemba, and this is the thing, he's got to unlearn a lot of bad habits. It's really easy to develop bad habits when you're on an all-time worst team. We're seeing it in Philly right now. And he's got to – while he's unlearned this with Cliff, it's been a fun transformation. He's turning from that gunner point guard, that hybrid, that combo guard that everybody likes but doesn't like to a real real live point guard and the fact that he's getting better he's made the drag screens legitimate to where you yeah. have to not only defend him on the shot but you also have to defend the role man because for a while he wasn't throwing that role pass granted Bismack Biombo will do that to you but at the same time watching the maturation and the evolution of Kemba as a point guard like he's like it's like I keep going back to he's the best point guard in franchise history to me. He shot thirty percent from beyond the arc last season. This season he's shooting thirty eight thirty nine percent. He's st- the, he, let's see he's shooting thirty nine. Frank shooting thirty nine. I know Batum shooting forty. Marvin shooting forty. So they're trying to start a forty club. Yeah, and, and that's a club that I would love uh, those four guys to be in. And Kemba is what shooting what forty four, forty five percent from the field right now, and he's doing it in a way that guys around the league are are starting to take notice very quickly. Yeah. And, and Jared Bayless had to chase that guy around all night. Yeah, and essentially, again, it makes your offense able to play five on four because Jared Bayless was behind everyone trying to chase him over those screens, and it makes you have to divert people to to, to Kemba Walker. And that's when Nick Batum takes over. Mm-hmm. That's when, ideally, you would like your other wing player besides Batum to take over. Granted, it's PJ, and all he's out there to do is to body people up. And I do think 
PJ takes a lot of flack for no reason. Sometimes it's deserved. Sometimes it's not. But I do think PJ has been underrated on this team. But at the same time, if PJ ever gets his shot going, watch out with this team because this team will go on a run. I think it's coming. I also don't think you throw Lamb in that second that second guard spot either. Not yet. Well, I don't know. I don't think that. I don't think they 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 plan on doing that. And I agree. I would not do that. I don't think PJ's shot is going to. I don't believe in it. My money is on Daniels if they ever do it, though. My money is on Daniels. Yeah. I yeah. I, I don't. Um, I think PJ is. Uh, there are nights when he does exactly what the team needs him to do, and there are nights when he gets into foul trouble and and can't do what the team needs him to do. Yeah, there's nights where you just have no hair left after you pull your all of your hair out, no matter how short it is. But uh, so there it is, our top three. You you're going Zeller, Batum, Walker. I'm going Jeremy Lamb, Batum, Walker. We, I, I'd love to reevaluate this at the end of December. Let's maybe do it at the Dude, end of the Dude, you month. know I'm down to show up. I you like know it. I'm down to show up. I like it. All right, we're going to uh, make this quick, uh, this next segment, because uh, nobody, and I mean nobody, wants to hear about your fantasy team. It's time for the Fantasy Update. Yeah! All right, first let's talk about who you want to drop. This is less of a straight drop and more of a shelve in preparation to drop. That guy is Joe Johnson. That's right, I said Joe Johnson for the Brooklyn Nets. Don't be fooled by what you saw when he visited Charlotte. It was kind of an anomaly. His numbers this year have been abysmal, and he's on a team that may finally be coming to terms with the fact that they are transitioning into several years away Nets. They put uh, uh, Bogdanovich, I think, on the trade block. That's the latest news. <laughs> so that's again, so that's a, a late second or conditional yeah, I don't second. No, that, but that's a big signal. It's like we are. We'll see you later. We'll see you in a few years. Uh, whether it was by design or dumb luck, stay away from Joe Johnson. Looks like a pretty solid deal yeah. uh, for the Hornets now. Yeah, that they stayed away from uh, from oh, Joe Johnson. I remember that, arguing that dodged. one. Yeah. 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 All right, the pickup. Out with the old, in with the new. I'm staying with the Brooklyn Nets here. I like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. I added him to my Roto League. If you need lots of efficient points, eh, he's not your guy. His offensive game is is MKG two years ago rough, but he's a step. No, no, no. Rougher. 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 Yes. <laughs> he's a, but he's a stat stuffer. Yes. If you are in a Roto League, his 2.4 per game steals average looks mighty tasty. And uh, finally, Hot Hot Hornet. We've talked a lot about him already on this show. Kimba Walker. He has a, a big night potential now every night. I mean, he's got a 20-plus scoring potential. Except tomorrow night. Except tomorrow night. Maybe not tomorrow night. Maybe tomorrow night. Who knows? I mean, he may get into Kimba hero mode. For fantasy purposes, it might not be good for the Hornets. Exactly. But it, for fantasy, for your daily fantasy leagues or for your roto leagues, could be a good thing. I don't know. Uh, league update. I'm in the lead. That's all I'll say for the league update for the Hive Talk Live <laughs> Roto League. That's all I want to say. I'm, it, I'm, of course, the the day Dave is not here, you want to throw Dave, that one in. Dave's not doing too well in the league. No. I think it's he would He's rather had, he has distractions right. He now. would yeah, justifiable right. just distractions. He, but he would rather he would rather us not talk about the league. But uh, yeah, I I am I'm last in field goal percentage, but I'm just killing it everywhere else. You know what's funny? I'm not good at NBA fantasy. I'm better at at football fantasy. I'm horrible at fantasy altogether. And, and it's I went into the draft with a strategy, and the strange thing is, it's coming. It's coming to fruition. Uh, the guys that I picked to do things are doing them. Look at you being Trader Joe 2.0 right over here. <laughs> Look at you. 
Good job, dog. I Good like job. It. I like it. I, I made some moves, and uh, they're paying off. All right, let's move on to real basketball. The Warriors visit Charlotte Wednesday night, and that means Steph Curry. Oh, Lord. Coming to town. Oh, In fact, I, I think he was set to arrive this uh, this evening, and some folks were uh, um, standing around celebrity-wise uh, outside of the Ritz-Carlton waiting for Steph Curry to arrive in the rain. That's dedication. That's, that's desperation. Ah! That's desperation, Doug, and we both know this. I, would, I definitely want to hear the thoughts on Twitter, so if you're listening along, uh, uh, definitely uh, contribute to this conversation that we're about to have. If you listen to the Mike Check podcast, you already know uh, oh, my friend Nada's thoughts on this issue. But for the, for those for those that, that haven't heard haven't it, listened. I will gladly give it again. So fans, I think want, and I think rightly so, want this local legend already in his youth to come to Charlotte when he's an unrestricted free agent in 2017, 18. There can't be anything wrong with that, right? Except for the <laughs> fact that you're asking him to take a fifty million dollar pay cut. So. But listen, no one's asking him to do that. Yes, you are. No. You are asking him to take a pay cut of $50 million. It would if he's... be willing. It, he would be, because again. No, you know, this is what this is what the Hornet fan that wants Steph Curry is doing. Please, Steph, please say yes to me and $50 million less dollars. No, That's see, what you're saying. I think, you, I think you're mistaking begging. For for oh. dreaming for dreaming, I, I I think it's okay for fans to want S- their sir. local sir. guy. What well, 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 what we can because look, it, it, we're in a, we're in a small market, okay? And in a small market, you have to take advantage of every little advantage you have when it comes to signing a free agent, and that's all we're saying here. Uh, there's a difference between dreaming and begging, and we agree there. What again? The folks that are sitting outside waiting at Ritz Carlton—that's <laughs> begging. You know who does begging? Knicks fans. Do you remember the courtship of LeBron? Do you remember? Because I remember it very, very well. But here's the difference. I've been waiting on this. The difference with, between Hornets fans and Knicks fans in this situation is that this doesn't. This kind of opportunity does not come every year. There's no like. There's no basketball mecca located at the Charlotte YMCA like they don't have the 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 history and the and the farm system that New York has uh, and I while I understand that we also got to realize that Knicks ain't been good since we were kids <laughs> what the, they're getting a little better it, sir <laughs> sir a little better they have no 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 now see now they're going to Latvia now they're going outside exactly of but at the same time <clears throat> you think that's going to stop them from let's say Steph Curry they you don't think they'll try and go get well, no, James Gandolfini's dead, so they can't get him this time to reprise Tony Soprano. But you don't think they'll go get Edie Falco or something else, or someone else or go get the cast of the Avengers? Please, Steph, be our be the eighth Avenger. Join us in New York. But see, the Hornets again. The Hornets can't do that. They can throw his dad out there. They, see that maybe they have even more of a powerful weapon than than celebrities. They have his own father, who they'll they will be honoring on Wednesday night. The best. That is the, the most best trans- obvious <laughs> troll. In the that is world. the most transparent. Let's honor I love Steph. It. I love it. That is begging. He's the ambassador. That is begging. It's doing him a courtesy. Look, we, your Sir, fa- we're going to honor your father while you're here. here here's the we question. Want, we don't want to inconvenience you, Steph. Here's here's the thing. If they did Del Curry any other night, I wouldn't have a problem. I don't. Have, why do you have a problem with it in general? Like, because what is the it's problem? begging. It's lame. It's not lame. It is begging. It's not begging. 
It's begging. You, we both know this. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. LeBron going back to Cleveland changed the game entirely because it said that when you get to a certain level in your career, that there are more important things than money. And, and, one, yeah, and, and, and when you talk that. about things that are more important than money, home. the f- home, family, you get, I always say this, like, they're gonna. He's gonna make whether he loses, you know, thirty, fifty million, whatever the final number is. If he gives up his, you know, the bird privileges or whatever. I think that if he stays in San Francisco, he's going to become an NBA legend. There's no doubt about that. He'll be a Hall of Famer, et cetera, et cetera, on down the he's line. He's a Hall of Famer regardless, right now. Best shooter ever in the right. NBA. But to be a local. Legend to be a local hero is something that so few athletes even have the opportunity to achieve. I agree. I do see your point. The Hornets don't even have to. I'm saying these things are already there. If they were going after Lamarcus Aldridge last season like this, that would be one thing. That would have made sense. No. That would have made sense. What are you talking about that would have made sense. You know why it would have made Find sense? Find Lamarcus Aldridge's dad and get him a get him a residence in. Yes, exactly. But you know what? For, y'all think I just want don't want to see Curry here? Yes, I do. You know why? He's got a house out in Weddington. I live out in Weddington. You know what the best thing about being out in Weddington is the the, the real estate properties. Steph moves out there. I've got a nice out nicer house with a whole lot more, with a whole bunch more amenities now that Steph Curry's out there again and Riley Curry's out there again. I, I win. I want to see Steph out here. I don't think it'll happen. And I already I've seen some of the responses All right, right I'm now. Gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of these uh, as we as we wait on our friend uh, Nick Denning to call in for the uh, NBA picks. First, for, from our friend uh, Baseline Buzz, mm-hmm. it says, Steph doesn't have to take a pay cut if he signs a max deal with Golden State with an out after year one or two. That's the sort of LeBron move there. Can then sign with, with Charlotte in 2019, for example, for full for a full-on max. Uh, but then we have to wait till 2019. I don't want to oh, wait Oh, poor, long. yeah, poor y'all. <laughs> it'll be, be like 31 then, right? Yes, exactly. Look, we're going to get Steph. I just don't think it'll be till 35. And, you know, oh, Reggie Mel- Look, Reggie Miller as a shooter when he was 35, 36, 37 was still pretty good. He wasn't the Reggie Miller of old, but you know what? Yeah, I I think if you it, why I don't know why you would do that at that point. I don't know. What? Finish out your career with with your hometown team? But it's just like it's then it's like, "Oh, you just finished and no, uh, I I think you got to build the the legend." When the, legend, the, the, the legend will be over. There. No, the legend would be over by that point. Uh, one more tweet here from Matthew. He says, uh, as for Dale Curry night, the Wizards hired staff members who were Kevin Durant's high school coaches. Oh, no, that's just as lame. <laughs> that's To me, that's lame. That's, that, that's but Dale is already lame. a legend. No, that's not just as lame. Dale's already so, a so Hornets So, Doug, legend. you mean to tell me of the first Buzz City nights where we are going to honor Hornets, Dale Curry's the first one that we're doing? He's the all-time leader in scoring. I'm not putting Dell first. <laughs> Hell, I'm going to go get Muggsy to make sure that he's not doing any more lame Campbell and Associates you commercials. No, you wouldn't get Muggsy because you won't even say that he's the best point guard he's of all not. time. He's nowhere close. Muggsy's not returning your phone calls. Let's get to let's get to Nick Denning. He's been uh, waiting patiently here on the Hive Talk Live hotline. Nick, welcome in, sir. Yeah, I feel like I'm... I'm- 
I, I, I just cut off a really intense debate there. <laughs> he had to, yes. He had to hold the phone uh, away uh, uh, from away uh, from his ear. We apologize, Nick. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have the hard limiter is gonna be set pretty. Uh, we're gonna set that pretty early in this show. Um, Nick, welcome into the show. Before we get to the picks, though, I have a question that that I like to pose to to both of you, fine gentlemen. Is uh, how do we go about, or how do the Hornets go about beating a Goliath like the Golden State Warriors? Maybe, don't don't say they won't. I just want to hear if it's going to happen. They they almost took down the Cavaliers. If there is a game plan, if there is a shot. How does it have to happen? We'll start. Uh, we'll start with Nick, our our, our most recent guest. Uh, face guard Steph Curry, like literally <laughs> just face guard him, play four on five. Okay. What do you think? Uh, let's how, see. How do you beat a Goliath? You make sure that Aisha Curry keeps Steph Curry out in Weddington <laughs> until about 10, a, 10 p.m. tomorrow. He's locked in. He's locked into the Davidson exactly. gym. There's no way outside. There's no 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 other way. Uh, okay, here here is my my three step plan. All right, I've written this oh, down. Dear. I have a three step. I've gone through this. I've thought about this. Well, first of all, you can't turn the ball over. Now uh, we're talking about David. That, that's a little bit of a problem. All right, we're, we're talking about a, a David versus Goliath situation, and it's been a long time since I've been in my uh, um, Sunday school class. But I don't uh, remember David uh, tossing out half his rocks into the crowd. So you can't turn the ball over. You have to be accurate with your slingshot. You got to hit threes. They hit 15 of them, tied a franchise record against Milwaukee. That has to happen again. And you have to show the Warriors something they didn't scout for. And we sort of got a little inkling of that from Clifford after practice, saying there was some super small lineup that they may tinker with. I think the Hornets are going to have to throw something out there that's not on tape. Going small on small is always a risk, but you have to take risks. Oh no, I don't like this. I don't like the sound of this. Well, I mean, it's you know, you got to do something. Push them, sound, pull them, do this, something. This sounds like Lynn, like Kemba, Lynn, Lamb, Batum at four, Batum and Marvin, Marvin. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And that, yeah. oh boy, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Batum could stay well, with Batum could stay with Draymond. Jefferson, I mean, now's the time to throw out a ridiculous lineup like that. I'm saying, yeah, you just got to – I just hope the Hornets just go for it, just throw something that, that they haven't seen before. Anyway, let's get to the NBA picks. Um, Nick, the NBA took a little bit of a nap around Thanksgiving, as they always do, Christmas, Moritz style. But now we're done with the food and festivities. The ramp up to the Christmas day is beginning. Let's take a look and, and see what's on the NBA slates. It's time for Nick's picks, joining us as he does every week, our good friend from At The Hive, Nick Denning. Nick, what are your picks? Well, I, I just preface this by saying I, I accept all criticism that comes my way the rest of the week, but I got, you know, you said the Hornets got to go for it. I've got to go for it this week. Yes. I got to create some separation. I'm second right now in the standings, but I've got to create some separation. So, so um, my Hornets lock is tomorrow against the Warriors <laughs> because, you know, unless lock. you, you know, you got to have the right attitude. You've got to have the right attitude. And I and I tomorrow it, it last game of the homestand finishing up with a W. We cannot let Del Curry night end with a loss. I'm sorry. It it's too happen. it's too important. Would would beating too important. That's when I think you get a little bit weird and pathetic is when you start talking about does beating Steph Curry 
affect. It's like the little things. Does this affect his decision? <laughs> That's when I'll agree with you. If someone says that to me, I'll go, okay, we've gone, we've gone over the line. We've so gone to the bad you're gonna, place. You're basically going to say I was right in about 24 hours? No, 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 no. I, I have more faith in the hardcore Hornets fans. I have faith Sir. in them. Sir. I have faith in them. Okay. <laughs> All right. What's your league pass special, Nick? Oh, it's a it's a um, unbelievable game tonight um, between the Sixers and Lakers. Oh yeah, that's um, special. And, uh, All right, battle for the number one pick. Yeah. What oh, is yeah, it, Ben absolutely. Simmons? Is there any cute thing we can say for battling for or uh, blowing it for Ben? Oh, that didn't sound good. Uh, no. <laughs> All right, next. <laughs> well, I got I got to fit my winner here, and I'm and I'm and I'm going for it. Sixers, they're getting the win tonight. I mean. If there's any team that can lose to to the, to the winless Sixers, it's one led by Byron Scott. I, li- I like that it, in in your picks already. You're saying that the the team that's perfect is going down, and the team that is winless finally gets a win. Yeah, I, I told you, I'm going for it. It's week. bold. Um, it's, it's all or nothing, and it's probably going to end in nothing. Um, <laughs> and then, and then my national game. That's kind of like the Hornets is, going uh, after actually, Steph Curry. It's either going to, right, it's right. A, you got to be bold. National TV game Thursday. Uh, the Heat, uh, or the Thunder versus the Heat, Heat are at home. Um, that should be a pretty entertaining game, I think. Um, even though it's weird how the, the Heat are are good despite getting so little out of Dwayne Wade and Goran Drogic. But I'm yeah, who's playing well for that? Miami in that game. What is that? What's happening in Miami? How are they still winning games? The cocoon effect Ultra. is over. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It didn't uh, last very long. Uh, okay, yeah. let's uh, let's read David's picks. <clears throat> he sent this uh, sent these in via electronic mail. Uh, his national TV game Spurs at the Grizz, and he's going with the Spurs. That's a pretty safe pick, David. Uh, Raptors at Hawks is his league pass special. Going with the Atlanta Hawks, which surprisingly is an upset pick. Because the Raptors playing a pretty good ball, streaky ball, but good ball. Yeah, starting Bismack Biombo of all people. Hey, listen, he he offers he offers them a, a physicality that that they've certainly lacked, and and you know it's sort of by they need to. I mean, you know, Valanciunas I think still hurt. Yeah. So uh, and his lock, he's like you. He's 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 drinking the juice right now. He's going with Warriors as his Hornets lock. Hornets over the Warriors Wednesday night. Uh, my picks. I'm going. Uh, my I see. I am two games behind, so I can't be as bold as you, gentlemen. Oh, I have to go Hornets <laughs> over the Pistons. I believe. I think the Hornets c- can can give the Warriors at least a good game, but I I have to pick up some games here. So I'm going Hornets over Pistons. Uh, I'm taking the Thunder over the Heat. So I'm going Oppo. You Nick. I'm coming after you, buddy. And then uh, my league pass special though. Get this. I'm going with the Toronto Raptors. We the North. Over Golden State Warriors, I think if, if Golden State is still undefeated, if they somehow, by some way, get past the Hornets, by some way, then they, then they, can't. sir, <laughs> come on, give double. me this. Um, it's your show, man. I'm giving you. you no, I, listen, it's it's definitely. I, I think the fact that they went punch for punch with the Cavaliers, best team in the East. I mean, gives you some yeah. indication that this team is can put up a fight. Look, the Jazz, the Jazz took them to the ropes. 
Yes. I like I want I want to believe with you guys. I really do. You know what's annoying about you know what's annoying about the Warriors? They ran Ian Clark. Ian Clark. They ran him out for six minutes against the Jazz. He was four of five, hit four straight three pointers at the end of the second quarter. You never saw him in the second half. Like exactly. how dare they? How dare they? At least throw out Ian Clark for six minutes in the in the end of the third or something. No, that don't just, scares me. Don't just don't just let him score four straight threes and then bench him. That's just unfair. No, it's not. That's the way they roll. And then they're going to start titrating him more and more minutes as the season goes on to keep the bodies fresh. It's that simple. Six minutes at the end of the second quarter, he is four straight. They were all corner threes. Yeah, that's the problem. That's what scares me well, is it's, that it's, everybody's going to be scrambling. You know, it's it's a, it's the damn Curry, Draymond pick and roll. It's so difficult to guard because you have to respect both of their three point shooting abilities. It's not even the pick and roll that that you should be worried about. It's when you go small because then Draymond turns that pick and roll into a post up on the on the original defender, well, yeah. and then that's it. Well, two of those Ian Clark threes were just rim runs by Draymond. Yep. He pulled the guy and then and then uh, shot it in the corner. So, hey, they played. They they. I think they did a good job against uh, Steph and Clay last season, sir. I'm reaching. Yes, <laughs> playing the role of Mister Fantastic tonight will be Doug Branson. <laughs> Listen, I'm just I'm just pointing out opportunities. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I, unlike these two gentlemen that that you look, know, I'll make fun the of them on me. Twitter later, especially David. David, I haven't talked to in a little bit, and I I need to make fun of him and I need to roast him. And I know he's listening somewhere, so somewhere somehow he's listening. Um, let's talk about little NBA storylines here. I'll ask this to both you gentlemen: What's the sadder NBA storyline at this point? Kobe Bryant limping into the sunset, or the Philadelphia 76ers being so 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 aggressively bad it's a sixers and it's not close kobe kobe gets a bad rap basically because he was so icy and he was so aloof at times but at the same time what the sixers are doing is franchise malpractice and then i was one of those that were like fan base malpractice too i think well yeah it is fan base malpractice because those games should be free you should be able to go see those games for free because you know what that's the only way i'd ever go that's the only way i'd pay attention that's the only way i'd watch on tv to be quite honest. The thing is, I think with what the Sixers did with Jaleel Okafor, and I do think they leaked a lot of stories, a lot of those stories that came out later, the fact that it might have been a gun, the fact that it might not have been a gun, the fact that TMZ was alerted so quickly to this was that Jaleel Okafor didn't want to be there. We all knew that. I wouldn't want to be there if I was 19 also. But the fake ID story, the 108 on the bridge... Like, all this coming out at the same time is coming from the same source, unfortunately. And that's why I find it sad. You're looking to defame your number one pick for what reason? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a pylon situation. I think it's a pylon effect. And, and you, you know, once the digging starts, it rarely ever stops. So, uh, um, Nick, I ask you, what's the sadder storyline? Kobe Bryant airballing his way into retirement or the Sixers <clears throat> airballing their way to a number one pick? It's, it's the Sixers. I mean, and just because, you know, we all three of us have been through this bad of basketball. I mean, well, I mean, I guess we, you know, Bobcat's got a couple of wins, you know, that one seven win year. But it's 
Like trying the fact that I continue to watch those games, I don't know why. I mean, it's it's just you kind of believe that yeah, like things would get better, and sure they did get better, but it was really tough to watch. And I just you know, I, I, it's got to be tough to continue to tell yourself every day. You know, I, I know how it feels. You know, it, it's tough to do that. So it's I just Bobcats yeah, fans I, are I mean, somewhat familiar. Yes, we are. Yeah. So I just don't. I mean. You know, this is, and the other thing is this, and I was talking about this with a friend of mine the other day, you know, going, you know, at a certain point, like Sam Hinkie will say, okay, we've, we've collected everything, we've done our rebuilding process, we've collected all our assets, it's time to start winning. But It's I mean, time to go to the surface, mole people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when, 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 you're, when you have been, when you, you know, when you have, as a player have done nothing but lose, and you've been giving you've yeah. been going, you've been given zero expectations to win, and then suddenly you're told, okay, now it's time to start winning. That's not something you can just just start doing, mm-hmm. you know. And it, it takes a lot of experience to do that. And I just think it's going to be this losing is going to last a lot longer than the intentional losing that's going on right now. Since you both went with Sixers, I'm going to go the other way just so we can talk about it a, a little bit. Because honestly, the Sixers thing, I, I said aggressively bad, and, and it almost makes me mad more than sad because I think it, it, it has to at some point get so bad that it, that it requires some kind of action. And, and I think we're, NBA, yeah, yeah, we're fast approaching that point. Um, but I think the Kobe Bryant thing makes me sad because I just don't, don't want to see – legends go out this this poorly and this awkwardly i think awkward is a great word to describe it because even jordan seeing him in a weird uniform what was odd to a lot of people but he was still out there you know scoring jordan-esque points and 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 just kobe just can't that the, the issue is unfortunately that i blame just as much i unfortunately i blame the lakers and Jim Buss in particular, just as much for this disaster. Because they got greedy. Time Warner threw $3 billion in their face, said, we'll do this. But, oh, yeah, you can't tank and you can't rebuild properly. So they felt like they had no choice. But instead of saying, you know what, we'll take a little bit less for right now. And we'll build this up the proper way. We're going to throw Kobe out there. We're going to try and stealth tank, kill the development of all the young kids we got. Yeah. And at the same time, he's going to make his money. But if you're going to pay that man $24 million to be the scapegoat, then you know what? He's doing what he's supposed to do. That's why you have Byron Scott out there to enable him to keep going, despite the fact that he probably shouldn't. And that this may end up ending really badly in terms of maybe another season-ending injury at some point, unfortunately. A season-ending or maybe even... At that point, it's career-ending, yeah. Hey, yeah, career-ending, but, I, I mean, it, it, does it get so bad at a certain point that maybe he he just pulls a spurrier and just decides, ah, forget it, I'm not going to – I'm just going to – If he would have done – that, that will happen with with a injury that sort of comes out of nowhere, and you're like, I don't know about that. Um, I would have thought so, except – It doesn't for, seem very Kobe. No, it doesn't just, seem very Kobe, and if he was going to do that, he would have done it when he did his poem this Sunday. It would have been a, a very be- Kobe thing. It's a beautiful to, poem. To, uh, <laughs> this is not a JJ Reddick esque. I wish I wish it was a limerick. We're we're fans of limericks on this show. Oh, uh, but not. <laughs> I don't have my limerick drop close, so don't worry. I won't play it. Please uh, don't. <laughs> uh, Nick, always good to talk to you, my friend. Um, good luck with those bold picks, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
Okay, sounds good. Thanks, guys. Nick Denning, read him on at thehive.com. Um, we have time. Yeah, we got a minute left. Time for one last thing. I want to send uh, some shout-outs, some congrats to Tom Sorensen, retiring after 35? 35 years. 35 He was actually years. on the call-up. If you haven't caught it, SoundCloud, WFNZ, first 40 minutes of it, Tom Sorensen's on there talking about his career. The folks from the call-up uh, said it was a couple of their most fun radio segments. No, it very. It was the most fun. Well, Tom's been on, he's been on the show. By the way, he's a longtime reporter for the Charlotte Observer, local uh, reporting legend. Greatest Charlotte Observer sports reporter ever. And, and I, I said this on Twitter. He came on this show when we had three listeners and he treated us like we were the real deal. And that's just the kind of guy Tom would always talk to you. And he's just he's just a, a cool dude. And I uh, wish him all the best in retirement. And also, listen to uh, the Mike Check podcast Thursday, Pop Culture Show. What's coming up? Uh, we're definitely we're going to do a little bit more Fallout in-depth. I've finally gotten to the point where I can feel comfortable. Like, if you haven't gotten X amount far... It's your own fault by this point. Right. And a, a little bit of music. Probably we're going to rank some albums, and we're going to have some fun with it. Probably, and that and maybe one other sports story, and then we're going to call it a day, on, or call it a week on the Mike Check Podcast. I like it. That'll do it for us, Hornets fans. Thank you to uh, our, our guest host, Nada Edwards, and to our guest, uh, Nick Denning. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hive Talk Live for live game updates and more. Go to atthehive.com for all the latest news and analysis for David, Nick, and producer Katie. I'm Doug saying, stay bought in, stay believing. All hail the teal and purple! It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.